Uh, right. Five. Bam. Four. Bam. Three. Bam. Two. Bam. One. Oh crap, that completely failed, didn't it? Oh bloody hell. People still believe a low tribe. It's an Everybody and welcome to another damn conspiracy, the inevitable sequel. Hello, <laughs> I am Carl from last week. Do you remember me? I'm George. If you don't remember him, you won't remember me. <laughs> and today's gonna be a bit of a shorter episode. We hope. Last apologies week, for last week. Yeah, it went on 45 minutes, of which the most of it was the Labour leadership debate. It was a lot of stuff to get through. But to be honest, I don't want to be talking in depth that all that every time. It was interesting. Hey, yeah, yeah, for me it was, but you know we only had what like twenty people listen, so. <laughs> Poor so, bastards. I know. <laughs> right. Okay. So this is what we want for a quick episode. Start off really slowly. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we, we were going to start off this week by talking again about Jeremy Corbyn. It's the end times, um, it's the end times. Yeah, yeah, we, 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 this is going to be short, I promise. Look, <laughs> um, so obviously now he's been elected. Uh, no, I, I was, I was, you know, celebrating, very happy uh, about all this, because obviously he's the only candidate worth voting for, uh, and you should vote for him in 2020. There, there are other other parties available, but they're shit. Um, <laughs> That's our impartiality coming from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, um... Yeah, so I I, I was actually uh, d- down in London over the past uh, few days uh, for for one reason and another. This is also the same time at, at which the Labour leadership was announced. Um, so I woke up not desperately early, turned my phone on, and I was like, "Oh my god, there are you know only a few minutes before we'll know uh, who who the new Labour uh, Labour leader is." I, and, you know, the deputy leadership came out before, and everyone's thinking, "Yeah, all right, whatever, no one cares." By the way, Tom Watson got that. Just who? in case you who? didn't know, who? Yeah, he's he's, he's a bloke with glasses. Oh um, right. Yeah, I feel, you really know him now. Um, no, he was he 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 led the charge against the you know the hack the hacked off thing. Yeah. You know, uh, against newspaper hacking. All so right. he's he's actually done quite a lot yeah. in Parliament, and he's uh, he's very tech savvy as well. Yeah. So I was, I was down in London, and, and of course I was seeing this this stuff coming through live on all the BBC News uh, uh, feed on, on my on my phone, and it was very very exciting. Um, although it was kind of a foregone conclusion because everyone knew it won by a um, pretty big percentage as well, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah very, very big percentage. Yeah, it was fifty. Was it fifty-nine percent? Fifty-nine. Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. Anyway, so it was, a, it was a great result, and um, I was, you know, watching the acceptance speech on the news, and he, he made his speech, which was, you know, very sensible, and then dashed off stage and reported, said, "Oh, he's buggered off to the pub." <laughs> he did. The first place he went round to the pub. He's a teetotal as well, so he didn't even drink. He went, oh. went round to the pub to congratulate his supporters. After that, he was meant to go and speak, or according to the BBC, he was meant to go and speak at Trafalgar Square at four o'clock. So uh, I kind of thought, oh well, okay, I'm in London. I've got some time. I'll have breakfast, and then I'll go see him talk. So you know, you get on the tube, get down to Trafalgar Square. It must have been about quarter to four. 
Mm. Lo and behold, he's not bloody there. Um, I've looked up, you know, and and he'd gone there to speak because it's as as his role as chairman of the Stop the War Coalition, which is like a, a you know a, a, a peace campaign group. Yeah. Um, particularly of you know for peace in the Middle East, he he's done a lot of a lot of activism on that sort of subject anyway, and he, as a result, he's the chairman. He just happens to be you know the chairman, so he's going to speak whatever the result. And you know, I looked up the route and I sort of saw, okay, well, it goes by Trafalgar Square. It ends on Parliament Square, but it goes by Trafalgar Square. So he might go and speak there. Of course, he didn't speak there at all. I turned up. Turns out he'd already spoken at half past three on Parliament Square. Um, And I just thought, oh, this is just typical of the bloody BBC. You know, (laughs) they've been at him right from the start. There's been that dreadful panorama documentary. Oh, yeah. Of course, all of a sudden, you know, (laughs) they're, they're telling people to go to the wrong place at the wrong time, but only a little bit wrong. (laughs) <laughs> you know, so it doesn't appear bad. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a nutter. Maybe it's not a conspiracy. Everything's a conspiracy on this show. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Including the name. Yep. Uh, yeah, indeed. So um, I joined in for the remains of the march. Ended up on Parliament Square. Um, you know, t- touting a nice placard. Um, and so I listened to various people speak. It was it was a really good atmosphere actually. Yeah. Totally peaceful, and and it's a really good cause. They were they were there to support. Um, you know, peace, peace in Syria, and yeah. you know, not to invade, don't bomb, and welcome refugees. Mm. Which is that's been the major sort of story of the last couple of weeks. It's, it's where to begin. I, I mean, I was researching earlier in the week, and where do you begin to even put, discuss such a subject? It's such a hard subject to get go through, really. Uh, one, one of the problems is actually understanding why it's happening. Yeah. Because, because, and, and you know, everyone knows there's some kind of war going on, but actually, you know, it's it's a really quite a complicated situation. You've got various rebel groups forming one block. You've got the government forming another block. You've got ISIS forming another, or ISIL or IS forming another block. Mm. You know, this this nutty caliphate basically. And then you've got um, a, a final group of Kurdish um, separatists, and they're kind of they're kind of a separate issue because they're kind of more of a Turkish issue. But the kind, but Kurdistan. This sort of theoretical country extends off into these disputed territories as well, and they've been fighting IS and various groups. Mm. It's 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 really not clear cut, and I think mm. that's one of the reasons the protesters were saying, "Don't get involved." Yeah. Who are you going to help? Yeah, I think the um, biggest sort of issue for us on our sort of as a country is the um, refugee issue at the moment. Mm. Um, I mean, you, you see all the news and you see the images and. There's a lot of people trying to just flee that country. There's a lot of people who've been displaced, um, you know, everyday people who just want to live normal lives. To be honest, they don't want to be a part of this massive civil war. A lot of children, a lot of families as well. You're you're absolutely right, and and you know the numbers coming across is is really quite staggering. Mm. I think there's an estimate that says that Germany is going to end up with eight hundred thousand. Yeah. Migrants from the region. I mean that that is that is a serious number of of, yeah. um, of refugees. And you know you've got our prime minister going on about you know we're going to accept twenty thousand over yeah. the next two years. Twenty thousand. There's nothing. No. Eight hundred thousand going to Germany. Yeah. And and you know various people from the government said yeah. well we're prepared to accept that. This is what I think about the situation is our country is horrible with people. You know it's horrible with its own people. It's horrible with the treatment of its own people. Like I am on the poor end of the scale so I've first hand witnessed what the job centre what the benefits of a regime is like and it's an absolutely horrible dehumanising thing mm. and then you have this on one end where the poor getting ostracised for the actions of the rich essentially 
you know, the banking crisis was the, it was the problem of the poor, not the rich bankers, you know, sort of thing. <laughs> and then you have, you know, there's a big and there's a big housing problem there, and we don't care about a country which is deeply racist in some aspects doesn't care mm. about its own people. What's it going to think about people coming over from another country? Now I'm totally open for you know for these um, refugees to come over, and I think we should do more than twenty thousand, and I think we should do it as fast as we can with the resources we can. You know, I want to help these people, but I think the government needs to support the councils in bringing these people over, and they're not going to, because they don't care about the people who do live here, you know. Mm, um, yeah. I say it's a very good point, you know. When, when you know, when, when these refugees arrive here, what are they facing? Mm. They're facing high levels of unemployment and probably nowhere to live. Yeah. I mean, that, 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 is, a, that is a really serious problem. It is. And, and it's all well and good, the Prime Minister saying, yeah, fine, we'll take 20,000, which is nothing in itself. But there'll be probably those 20,000 that will be struggled. Yeah. You know, those 20,000 will struggle to find somewhere to live, some, some, a job to, to earn some money or something. And, and that's, just, that's just the country as, as it is at the moment. Yeah. It's just not, not capable of, of properly providing for any of its citizens. No. <laughs> and, and I think the government should take as many refugees as it can. Mm. More than 20,000, much more. It's difficult to put a number on it, but the fact is these people are escaping a war. Yeah. And that is so much worse than something like homelessness. Yeah. Because it, it, it has homelessness included in it. Yeah, exactly. But but at the same time, we should we should be a decent enough country to be able to provide yeah. those basic things for people running away from a war. Yeah. You know, they've had their families blown up in many cases. For God's sakes, give them a house. It's, it's, it's not a big ask, is it? Yeah. But as you say, the government won't do it. No. They won't do they it. They won't. And I don't understand. I don't, what I really don't understand. You see all the reporting. You see the comment sections on certain websites. I'm not going to mention the name of. And people are just like, well, you know, I don't want them over here. You know, you know, what about me? And it's. I think we this entire country forgets that it's based upon migrants that have come over, refugees of different countries. Immigration mm. has made this country. Um, my grandparents came over from uh, from Poland mm. following Second World War. Great Britain and, and various other Allied uh, countries offered citizenship to any Polish refugee who had who had served, you know, to help the British Army mm. um you know, throughout the World War Two conflict. You know, they said, Right, okay, if you want to come over here, we'll give you citizenship. Yeah. And that meant they had to actually um lose their own Polish citizenship. That was the consequence of that. Yeah. But they said that's the, you know we, there's nothing you know, we have nothing left. No. There's nothing left but a communist government which is you know, well well you know USSR and all that stuff, yeah. and 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 you know, a country that's been destroyed by war, mm. and then the British government said yes, that ex- that's acceptable. Yeah. But in, in but you know all all that post-war decency, you know, that founded the NHS and all this sort of stuff, where did that all go? Yeah, I think it's know, that's going to be a recurring thing. I think throughout the weeks, there's as news comes up, and we're going to try and keep this thing light. Mm. But there's another country as it is at the moment is well to say it's fucked in some aspects. I think I think, <laughs> I think we're just too mi- too too miserable and depressed by how things yeah. are in the country to keep it to keep <laughs> to keep it light. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Oh, you know it's it's a big issue, and we we said last week oh, we'd try and tackle it a little bit, and and I'd like to hear everybody else's opinions on it. If you just like to post it in the comments on this post. Yeah, I think it'd be very interesting to hear um, other people's sort of stories, especially where the families come from as well. Um, I'd like to sort of recount them on the podcast Absolutely. in future episodes. Um, you can contact us through um, Facebook, 
Twitter. I've actually set up a Twitter account for this podcast, but I've not. To- I've not Woo! told you this yet. Follow, follow. Yeah, so I'll I'll get that um, updated. And also, you can email damnconspiracy at calbrain.co.uk. And it'd be interesting to get your take on this. It's it's too big a subject for just two people to sort of tackle. So it'd be interesting to get everybody oh, else's opinions on that. Um, but we're gonna go on to something a little bit lighter than this. Um, after a little Indeed. musical break. So, so the next thing we want to talk about um, is the current launch from Apple of their allegedly new crop of Apple Tat. <laughs> it's the, it's um, the Apple special event oh from God. September the 9th if you want to watch the whole thing, like I did. <sighs> you poor bastard. <laughs> I read the version, <laughs> the take on it from the Metro, <laughs> amongst other things. Can, can, we, can we just, I think we should probably put in a rant warning. Oh yeah, R- warning... Warning, rant. I don't know. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, I like good. that. I like that. We can use that next yeah, week. And well. the week we after, and the it. week after. This is pretty the beginning <laughs> of the episode. Um, <laughs> in the past, I was a big fan of Apple's products. I mean, you have the iPod, which revolutionised music. MP3 players had been around before then, but the iPod really brought digital music uh, to a mass audience, and it was a pretty decent device. It was very easy to use, except for iTunes, but fuck that. Um, oh, it was easy to use. The actual interface was very easy to use. It was, and with the iPhone and the iPad, they, you know, these are products that were revolutionary. They weren't ideas that they came up with necessary, but they were better versions of every idea. And let's be clear, they were sold to the to the right people. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, they were aimed. They were aimed at the same you know demographic that was you know using the internet and bringing through digital technology in a way that hadn't been there before. What I found with the company more and more, especially since Steve Jobs went, is it's becoming more and more irrelevant with the products they release. They just seem to be going more and more for the high-end consumer, fa- like almost fashion end of it. Do you want to go through some of the products that they announced? Well, I mean, I think, <laughs> I think the thing that annoyed me most was the enormous tablet. Oh, yeah. It's like... It's, like, <laughs> I t- it's, it's, it's got like the same... You know, surface area is like, like all like the Champs Elysees for God's <laughs> sakes. I mean, if you take that out on a train, you know, you're going to take up the whole bloody table. Oh. It's ridiculous. And the thing is, like, it's it's as if they've looked at what Windows did, and cocked up, yeah. you know, with the surface, and thought, oh, that's a great way to hemorrhage money. We should do that. <laughs> the thing about the surface is, is that it ran a full wo- version of Windows 8. Um, whereas the big iPad is just running the same old iOS. Do you think it's got a USB no, port? No, I think they finally no, lived up it, to it's that. Announced that. To not. It's announced to not. Oh, it's announced how it's because God it's got sake. a special Apple connector where you connect to the other product we're about to talk about soon, but not just yet. Um, a special connector, and so it doesn't have a USB port, which the Surface does. It doesn't have a, a deep, you know, like a full OS. It's still a touchscreen OS. So actually, the Surface is a much better job. You know, does a much better job as a sort of ta- as a sm- uh, small computer, essentially. The thing is, if you want to work on this tablet for any length of time, anyway, you know, you're going to need a stand. And I, don't, I, I, yeah. you know, you see the sort of 
you know, flappy things that the that iPhone that the iPad yeah. users have. You know, like the three irritating bits of cardboard. <laughs> you know, they're going to have to have. I mean, it's going to be like you know, opening a curtain <laughs> or something. It's really absolutely yeah. awful. You know, and it, I I just I just don't understand the point of having a computer that's too heavy to be portable. If it's trying to be portable. It's just stupid. uh, Mind you, you see, I bet it won't be long before Samsung come out with a phone that's the same size (laughs) as that. I hate phones with big screens. I really do. (laughs) The second uh, announcement related to the Apple fucking (laughs) table. Um, (laughs) Innovative table. Was the Apple Pencil. The Apple Pencil! (gasps) Oh, shit. Well, that's a good idea, isn't it? it? It's... It's not like monkeys learnt to use sticks. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, it's one of these things that having a stylus which you can draw, do multiple, it can detect sort of the pressure you're putting on, is a very good idea. But there are tab graphics tablets that already do that. And to be honest, if you're a digital illustrator, you're probably going to use one of them rather than a product that attempts to do all that. And also, mm. it's $99 in America. It's a fucking stick. For for it stick with a little bit of I think it's got a like, um, motion center in it. So I'll tell you what, even in America you can get a cocktail stick for free. <laughs> Pay anything, or or better yet, use those fat fleshy things on the ends yeah. of your hands. No, yeah. fingers. For God's sake, you don't you don't you know if you're playing fucking Angry Birds on your Apple table, <laughs> you know you don't need a fucking. Apple twig to do it. You don't even need to play Angry Birds. You don't need to do it. It is a useless product. I'm sorry. I have no patience for it. <laughs> I, I just, I just think it's a waste of time and money and life and research. What, who put their time into making that bloody thing? You poor bastard. <laughs> oh dear. Sakes. I say this at the moment. I'm fiddling with a biro. I think it's sort of subconscious rebellion. <laughs> Did it cost you ninety nine dollars though? <laughs> it cost me less than ninety nine p. Oh, the last thing they announced was um, for Apple TV. They've met, they've now put more. That wasn't the last thing. They announced they're finally releasing a pink version of the iPhone. Oh, where is rose gold? <laughs> yeah. Fuck off, whatever it is. Look, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like do you know in Mario Kart we have like all the decent characters, then you have like baby gold peach and all this bullshit like characters you'll never play as. It's that sort of thing. <laughs> they've, they've made the useful products now. They're just sort of pissing into the wind and hoping it hits on some hipster's <laughs> face. You know it's. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, it's the beard, isn't it? It catches everything. Being a pink iPhone. I, I, you know, I have an objection to making pink things. Why not? I just don't see the bloody point. It's just desperate. Just make a fucking phone that you can change the cover on so that you can have your own fucking coloured phone rather than having to pay more or less or however much they're charging for this damn thing when it comes over to the UK. You know, just, just have a phone that's sensible. Like, every other... I, I just... You know, I hate the exclusivity of Apple and their sort of obsession with keeping everything exactly how they like it. Yeah. Okay, it builds a brand, but for God's sakes, life is too short. <laughs> it very much, very much is. So the um, last thing that they announced... <laughs> well, it wasn't like, I don't know if it was chronologically, but it's the last thing we're going to talk about before we sort of get too bored, is the um, Apple TV and this <laughs> new motion control. First off, I want to say that a smart TV is a shit idea. <laughs> I do not want the Internet of Things. I do not want a TV that also makes the tea. I want a fucking kettle. I want a fucking <laughs> TV. And I don't want Apple to know what I'm doing with either. Especially the kettle. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's Windows thing, isn't it? With the Windows 10, it's it's all the same. Ugh. It's all one. 
Yeah. And I think this is definitely that's a debate to have. I just, like I'm a photographer and I I like my SLR. I like my phone. I like a video. I'd like a separate video mm. camera. It's I just I don't know. Yes, it's more clutter, but you know what? There's some. It's, it's better quality if you have different devices that are dedicated to the task at hand. With these smartphones, everything's a compromise. Gaming's like less inputs. It's a lot more shit. You've got f- photographs aren't as good. But you can tweet whilst you're on the toilet, so I suppose there's... Oh, yeah. joy. Because that's really what we wanted to know about, like, oh, OMG, I'm having a poo. <laughs> People talk about a fridge that'll sell, that'll order your food for you. What, what, what if I, what if I, you know, just, just, you know, purely theoretical, obviously, only buy things if they're in the reduced section? Do you know, is there an option for me to buy reduced food only? No, because then it'll turn up and it'll be green and hairy. Sorry, that was a completely unrelated Where rant. Where are we? In the interest of brevity, you can cut that. <laughs> it might be the most interesting thing in the whole thing. Um, oh, God. <laughs> on that note, we were talking about the Apple TV motion control. What yeah, a Yeah, and we talked... Basically, it's the, it's the Nintendo Wii remote, but with less buttons. And I just think... I think people are over motion control gaming, to be honest. But also... People mm. complained that that was too simplistic, and yet we've got this device where you can literally go left, right, up, and down, and then waggle away. And it's, it's just to play f- upscaled fucking iPhone games. You know what? I, I saw one of the demos, and it was it's it's just Frogger, <laughs> but under a different name. It's got a chicken that jumps instead. It just looks shit. I'm sorry. And you've got this stupid little, you know, black thing. I, you know, it's it's like tiny. It's like I. I, I it's like a postage stamp, you know. It's it's really small and it's just horrible. And I, I I'll, I'll bet the sensitivity on it is, is <laughs> yeah. abysmal as well. And and you know you're gonna lose it, and then Apple will charge you you know a hundred pounds for a new one. So you throw it out the window because you didn't put the you know the chain on your wrist. <laughs> oh god, that'll probably happen. All you have to do is stand outside of someone's you know window if they happen to own one of these TVs and nick their remote. <laughs> Apple will probably go around with cars and send people to do that. They have to buy a new one. Bastards. This is the end, beautiful friend. This is the end. Final discussion for tonight is a um, it's kind of a follow up for last week's um, discussion on physical media. Um, we got a comment from Will Chadwick about um, about this subject and he, he recommends actually to watching a documentary called Side by Side which I watched a couple of years ago now and it's a film about um, the industry changing from photochemical and um, shooting on celluloid to shooting on digital and they've got some very big names in there like uh, Martin Scorsese who is very is, you know traditionally a filmmaker who worked on film all the way up until Hugo and then there was people like um, uh, James Cameron um, who sh- who's very very pro digital, um, but in in the film, um, Scorsese uh, makes a point that although the entire industry is shifting to digital filmmaking, that master copies are still being stored on film, and this is because it's actually the most trustworthy method of storage. We've worked out a way under the right temperatures to make film last around a hundred years. It's not going anywhere over a hundred years. No, whereas digital. Like, there's some games I've got upstairs for Windows 95 that don't play. Mm. And so there's this whole thing about... You, you tried know, to play Fallout 3? 
on a laptop <laughs> yeah. that's running Windows 8. Not a chance. So there's there's the obsolescence of the technology, and there's also the... Like, and, and not just drive- the technology, the files themselves. Yeah. You know, yeah. who the hell uses you know WMA anymore? Or WMV? And, and, yeah. and there's a genuine concern that actually, if you try and store films in one of those ways, it'll be redundant, because coding gets better. Yeah, whereas with film, they can make a digital copy, store it on the server, and then put it back onto film, and then that, that can be stored for a hundred years. And the chemistry of the film actually doesn't change all that much. And no. even then, it's not going to become incompatible with a projector. He asked some very good questions towards the end about um, the benefits of... And he says that there's a debate to be had about um, how many streaming platforms do we actually need. Is competition really necessary? And is watching footage over the cloud, is it the future? Um, and can we figure out a way to securely and permanently archive stuff digitally? Yeah, well, I suppose, um, I suppose you know, you do need competition. But I think one of the problems is this, this competition is going to come at the expense of, of different things, because eventually there's going, to, you know, there's going to be all this exclusivity nonsense going yeah. on. I mean, you know, you're already seeing it with these different streaming services starting to make their own shows. You know, you know, you can get that show on that particular provider, but not on anything else. In in America, Netflix and Hulu um, are very good services. Netflix, in particular, has a very good back catalogue of films. And over here, they couldn't bring half the films over because Murdoch has the rights, has the <laughs> streaming rights to a lot of stuff. There's people like Tesco have an online streaming service now called Blinkbox. The big problem we're having in this country is that there's too many providers. You'd have to subscribe to like maybe four or five different services just to get a big variety. And I think a major problem with this is that if you get a lot of consumers like, oh, I'm going to have to get this product, I'm going to have to get that product, you suddenly have the issue of like, fuck it, there's an easier way and it's called piracy. Yeah, um, that's a big risk. And I mean, it's already a problem in the industry. Very much so. And Don't want to be a knockoff Nigel. <laughs> oh, fuck that. But the music industry never adapted to that, and what happened? It struggled. The last question he asked was about: Is the cloud is the cloud the future, and can we figure a way to securely and permanently archive things digitally? <sighs> it's a tough question, isn't it? I don't think we can, because even if we set a standard, technology improves so much. It, it wouldn't. It'd be very difficult to set a standard. I mean, I think I think any any sensible archivist at the moment is sticking to something which is physical because you know cloud storage is you know it has it has vulnerabilities in various ways you know you see hacks of cloud stuff all the time you know was it sony lost you know movies and all sorts of stuff and and actually you know if you try and go and rob some film you know you're just being an idiot (laughs) you know it's play it's plainly criminal and you can't do it from the other side of the world you have to go to the place and nick it now i think that that makes a huge difference i think that it's more secure I, i also think that you know the chemicals aren't changing; they're not going away. You don't have this kind of shifting ground like you do with yeah. uh, with technological storage. Yeah, I think I think there's very much a. It's not a one or the other. It's I think it's very much a. They can both live and work in tandem. Like we keep master copies on film, we keep master copies on digital, and we back up the digital copy regularly. We update the codec and update the files as and when we need it. But we also archive on film, so it's not like we will lose these films. It's interesting in that sort of film is kind of, in a way, it's. I think if you combine film with the digital file, the film provides a sort of one hundred percent, you know, resolution and all this sort of stuff. Mm. You know, down to a down to a molecular level, it's 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 perfect. And then the digital file provides okay, it's you know, it's based on pixels and various other you know different digital technology, but you don't have grain. 
And so, you yeah. know, having both, actually, you have all the information there. Yeah. And if you can find a way of combining them, presumably digitally, you can have, a, in theory, a perfect copy of the movie. Ooh. So having both is clearly clearly the way forward to retain as much information as you can, which I presume is what, you know, is the main objective of archivists. One yeah. of the only issues with keeping stuff on film is that, you know, actually producing that film and then storing it is becoming something of an art. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, I can see arch- arch- you know, archiving perhaps being one of the very few ways that is supporting the film production industry, as in film, yeah. you know, cellar, cellophane or whatever it is. Cellulite. Cellulite, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, people, it's, it's not a mass market thing anymore, and most directors don't shoot with it. And that's all we have time for. We, we said we'd, yeah, we said yeah, we'd make a short episode this week, and we've tried our very hardest. The record's coming at a lot lower time than last week, so I'm hoping it edits nicely. Fingers crossed. And I'm just thanks everybody for listening. If you've got, if you've got any, absolutely <laughs> not piss off. If you've got any comments you want to make, please post it on the Facebook when we share it. Also, we'll have a Twitter account very, very, very soon. Follow. Uh, it'll be Follow. at Damn Conspiracy. And also, you can email damnconspiracy at calbrain.co.uk. And if you've got any comments you want to make on the subjects we discussed, any sort of random news article, we struggle to find light-hearted, silly articles. So if you've got anything, just send it our way. We'd love to t- sort of talk about it. Absolutely. And also, if you li- if you do like the episode, please share it. We are doing this for free. We're not getting any money into this, so you know the thing we'd like is just if you can just share the link around, that'd be very good. And we'll... That way we might get some money. Probably not. But listeners would be nice. <laughs> no, come on. No one pays internet for things, <laughs> no. do It's all got to be advertising. We don't advertise. I think I think we've advertised Apple quite well. <laughs> oh, God. Yep. And Murdoch. Yeah. Uh, I, I, by the way, Murdoch, that offer from last week is still on the table, you know. Yeah, seven figures. Seven figures. <laughs> Thanks very much for listening. The music at the beginning of the show was by Josh Woodward, so if you'd like to type his name into... Google has got some good music on there that he lets people use for absolutely free. Right, that'll do. <laughs> well, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. got one last comment today um, and this is from Will Chadwick he Again. says on Facebook f*** you both of you you massive pair of c***s now we appreciate this sort of feedback from such a f***ing wit as uh, Mr Chadwick um, we'd like to wish him all the best as he rots in hell yeah please comment on our uh, yeah I don't really want to say that given we just said you rot in hell look just comment <laughs> look it's fine we're nice people Unlike Will. Yeah, our listeners are <laughs> but... Yeah, you know. <laughs> you know. Hard to argue with that, isn't it? Yeah. His, his other comment was also rude, so, you know. Yeah, f*** you. He said f*** you again. He said f*** you. He said f*** you twice. And then a c*** once. And then he calls c- both c***s and then yeah. he calls f*** you. Yeah. And all I can say is f*** you and I hope you burn in hell. You yeah. know, I think that's, that's reasonable yeah, I enough. Think, I think that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. So, um, on that note... <laughs>
Yeah, on that note, see you next week. Yeah, fuck on, good night.